You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Trish, I went to the store, yes, I did the other day to buy myself a board game. Okay. We are bored in this time of self isolation. My question for you, Trish, is what is your favorite board game? Oh my goodness. Okay. I love these questions. This will sound really crazy because I would say normally it is Connect Four. So I'm going to give two answers. Normally it's Connect Four. Does that count as a board game? I think sort it's of. close enough. Yeah, it's in the it's That's in the right. family. It's, right. it's board game adjacent. Because I'm I'm really good at that, and I can actually beat both of my children still on most occasions. So I love that one. However, years ago for Christmas, I think it was we got the board game Pandemic, and it was still in its sealed <laughs> container. You know, I had wow, never been cracked open. I know, weird. right? So we were like, okay, we're going to try the thing. It, it, first of all, it is a wonderful game. It's really complex. You all work together instead of against each other. But you're trying to end world pandemic. And so playing pandemic at home with your family when you're really not supposed to go out of your house in the middle of a pandemic, it has like a life or death kind of aspect yeah. to it. Right? And, uh, no, it was actually really good. It's a really great strategy game. So oddly, my favorite game right now is Pandemic. Wow. All right. Good answer. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that game. I will have to check that out. Yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. Well, Trish, let's get on with it. I think we should. We should. We should. But first, before we, we get into uh, our wonderful guests that we have on today, which I'm very, very excited about, we want to give uh, thanks um, for the generosity of our partners um, right now, we have partnerships with Paychex and WorkHuman. Uh, Paychex understands that many business owners are going through a time of unprecedented uncertainty and are facing challenges that they're likely never thought they would face. With COVID-19, it has introduced uncharted waters and has many organizations concerned about business continuity, making payroll, and ensuring the health and safety of their employees. Paychex is here to help. From solving your cash flow issues to managing state unemployment insurance to navigating the new and regulatory environments, Paychex is here to support businesses through its turbulent time. You can visit them at Paychex.com to find out more about what Paychex can do to help your business. And also, I mentioned we're sponsored by WorkHuman. Their solutions replace the isolation with recognition and connection and celebration, which I don't know if you're like me, but I've been on so many Zoom calls that are truly just about connecting and networking and celebrating people and what we're all trying to do to stay very positive. So um, obviously what WorkHuman is doing is very important along those lines. They'll help you keep morale high by celebrating new babies, birthdays, much needed well wishes, um, any of the special occasions with life events. You can give and receive continuous peer feedback have regular check-ins between managers and direct reports, and set goals to stay aligned with conversations. 
You can try these for free through March of 2021 by visiting work, uh, welcome.workhuman.com to learn more. Awesome. Well, thanks so much uh, to our partners, Paychecks and Work Human. That's great. I, I'm not joining those Zoom calls, Trish. So just FYI, no, I guess my invites are getting lost in the mail. I'll are have to uh, keep an okay. eye on it. And by the way, and you didn't ask, but I'm, I'm going to throw it in anyway. My favorite game is Candyland uh, still. So oh, thank you. I love Candyland. Of course. That's like Candyland. classic. You know, Candyland, Shoots and Ladders, right? Those are classic. Oh. You can play those. Can't go wrong. Exactly. Can't go wrong with those. Okay, Trish, we are talking about a really sort of solid HR benefits type of topic today, and it's been a while. We're talking total rewards, um, and it should be fun. I, it was a thing. I used to spend a lot of time on this back in the day when I was on the corporate side, and it's good to um, to have a conversation about it today. We have two guests who, uh, with us today. First, we have Peter Newhouse. Peter is with Unilever. He joined Unilever in September 2010 as global head of reward and a member of the Unilever HR leadership team. Having graduated with a law degree, Peter started his career in reward in 1980 when he joined the American consulting company, Organization Resources Counselors, Inc., as well as developing the reward consultancy services of MM&K, specialist in executive and incentive compensation. Peter has also run his own reward consulting business, Peter Newhouse & Company. We also have with us Ken Charman. Ken is the CEO of Uflex Reward, a consolidated HR and rewards data platform that originated from Unilever, where all data related to employee remuneration is consolidated into one platform rather than being dispersed across the organization and is available in real time. He's been involved in major enterprise software projects since 1987, specifically in financial consolidation and reporting systems. Man, I did a lot of that back in the day myself. Peter and Ken, welcome both of you to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you guys doing today? Very good to you. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, this is like uh, doing these uh, remotes, so especially all across the world. It's uh, super fun. So um, uh, I guess uh, maybe we'll start with uh, Peter. I may I'll throw it to you first and, and maybe let's just talk a little bit about the overall kind of uh, state of total reward and kind of total reward communication and and maybe how some companies have a real hard time understanding and communicating total reward to, to their folks. And I just maybe give us a little context about uh, how you see that. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. I mean, I think one of the big difficulties with reward is that uh, it doesn't really switch a lot of people's lights on. At the same time, they understand the value of being paid. So making that <laughs> connection with them, uh, engaging with them in a way that's meaningful is really important. And so we do strive to do that in Unilever. And I know we're a little bit unusual because we definitely want to get employee feedback on how they are paid. Uh, a lot of companies don't seem to welcome that feedback. You know, they really just want to dish it out and expect people to accept it without question. But we're the kind of company that really prefers to see what people think about their pay so that we can improve the quality of the product. Uh, Peter, thanks. And um, I got to believe in a big company like Unilever, uh, you probably were dealing with many systems, right? Across maybe different parts of the world and or different different elements, uh, different systems that managed and facilitated different elements of total reward as well. So I got to believe in a, a large company like Unilever and other large companies, it's 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 a mess of of systems and, and data feeds, and it's a kind of a difficult thing to even put your arms around. Well, that's absolutely right, and there's a tremendous lack of transparency. So when I arrived in Unilever nearly 10 years ago, 
I inherited a project uh, that was already on the list of things for HR to do. And that project was to create a total reward statement for the management population in Unilever. And they span across over 100 countries. So, you know, it's a very widespread population, pretty big. We have about uh, 12,000 managers in total. So it's a big population. And all of the information about their reward was, as you say, spread over all kinds of systems, all kinds of spreadsheets, really difficult to get our hands on. And so I thought at the outset, I thought, wow, this is really the kind of project I really don't want to do. Not only is it boring, uh, it's going to be really tough and hard work. Uh, and of course, once you get all that information together, it's almost immediately out of date. And that's the worst bit about it. You put in all that effort and then it's all completely sort of wasted. And then next year, if you want to do it again, you've got to do it all over again. So one of the key things we decided to do at the outset was to make it like a real live system in real time so that we wouldn't lose the quality of the information once we got it assembled. And so we set out to do that. Uh, it was That was a lot more interesting. Uh, and we succeeded in doing that within uh, about a year or so. But then we thought, well, we could do more th with this because if we know what individuals earn, we can aggregate that up and we can get a much more comprehensive view of how we're spending money. Like a lot of uh, you know, listed companies in our annual report, there's a little note towards the back which tells the investors how much money we spend on staff remuneration. And Unilever spends about 6.5 billion euros a year on pay. It's a colossal number. But when I looked at that number in the annual report, I thought, well, you know, I don't really know how we do that or <laughs> gets the money and what kind of reward are we delivering to people. But with this system, we were able to get much better information on all of that, Steve. You know, I think you really touched on on something I think that is important as someone who also has kind of had to go through that exercise years ago. It's it's that ability to make that information current and to keep it live, because I think that's one thing maybe that listeners struggle with is the thought of this is something you put a lot of effort into once a year and then it just sort of, you know, becomes stale data. Right. So could you could you talk a little bit about, though, as you were thinking about what what you were going to include in that? Because I know that's another question that we get quite often is, you know, how how did you go through the process even of when you're making it sort of a live living thing um, of deciding what information would be valuable to people who are across the globe um, and ha have that be something that was really important and meaningful to each manager. Yeah, sure thing, Trish. I mean, we really decided that we wanted to provide that statement to the individual, which was a comprehensive view of what they actually received in pay. And so that's really fixed pay, you know, anything which is like salary or allowances or that kind of thing. We also wanted to give them a view of the incentive award that they'd earned and the share award that they'd received in the previous year. And we wanted to be quite comprehensive about benefits. And of course, benefits is the piece that's the most complex, especially across lots of countries. You know, so that was our, our remit was really to provide a comprehensive statement about what the individual was receiving. And that's what we succeeded in doing. But we went one step further, which was we wanted to get feedback. You know, so we thought, well, if we show people what they earn, let's find out what they think about it. And so we put in a thing called Rate My Reward, which allowed people to give us feedback. And with that feedback, we were then able to uh, you know, evolve our reward system in a way that generated better value for people because we wouldn't waste so much money on things that they did not value. 
And so that was an interesting journey. Now, in doing all of this, we did a lot of pioneering. We made a lot of mistakes. And that's where Ken entered the scene, because uh, not long after we started the project, we realized that we needed somebody to help us to really intermediate between our supplier, which at the time was Buck Consultants, part of the Xerox group at that time, and ourselves in terms of getting this thing organized, because it was a pretty big IT-based project, and we had the typical problems that uh, those projects have. So maybe, Ken, you can, you can tell a little bit about how you got introduced to the project. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very happy to do so, uh, Peter. Yeah, so uh, as you know, I come from an, a finance background, actually from a startup background as well. Uh, so I've I've had the pleasure of going through five liquidity events and sold out to the likes of Oracle, SAP, Business Objects, uh, Deloitte, even. Um, so I understood a bit about enterprise IT, and I was asked to come and look at this project, at which. When I did the research on it, everybody said, you must be nuts because this is impossible, what they tried to do. Uh, and sure enough, uh, after about a year into this, um, it, it wasn't it wasn't on course. You know, it's classic IT projects. It was uh, it was late. It was overspent. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that situation normal used to seeing that. <laughs> done a lot of research on that and done a lot of turnaround projects as, as I've got older been invited to come in and, and kind of help sort things out. What I saw that was different about this one, that, though, was that both the um, the client and the supplier were happy, yeah, in a funny sort of way. So but weren't really making money on it at that time. And Unilever was uh, a bit late delivering what it wanted to deliver. Uh, but everybody was happy with what they pro were producing. So Really, we, we sorted the project out really quickly. It wasn't hard. Uh, we just we reforecast in that classic way. And actually, this was back in 2011, 2012. We actually put it into, um, into, an, into the Agile framework. So it was, it was an interesting project because I think it was the first time Unilever uh, did Agile in IT. And we just let this team, these two teams, work really closely together. Um, and I acted as like a referee between people... <laughs> National Xerox and, and Unilever, and actually they worked really well and produced something which was um, a fantastic solution. So uh, Unilever went from uh, doing something which everybody said you couldn't do uh, to having something which was um, exactly as Peter described, a, a, a real-time digital total reward environment where any employee at any time could look up uh, and see what their total reward was across all the different factors of reward and the company could drill down from that $6 billion all the way down to an individual. And Unilever is really, really good when it means uh, individual. It means every individual. So all 160,000 people, including a tea picker in India, and you <laughs> wow. so good about paying living wage around the world and including everybody in its share option scheme or its share purchase scheme uh, that from – an IT project, it, it was um, a privilege to work on, but enormously complex, and you never did it and pulled it off. So um, uh, that, that's that's my background and my involvement in this project um, from 2011 until now. And if I can just add one more thing, which was in 2008, 19 Unilever wanted to get ready for future of work, the, the, the changes that are taking place in 
the, the whole working framework and the way that people are going to be rewarded and uh, thought, well, maybe it's the time to buy a system rather than carry on with this one that we make um, and reviewed the market and saw there still wasn't anything. So it threw kind of money into a project that only a big global multinational can do when it wants to get it done right. But this time it said, if we're going to do this, we're going to create something which could be used by other companies as well. Uh, and at that point, um, uh, I was invited by Peter and, and Lena, who's CHRO at Unilever. And in fact, Graham Piketty, the CFO, I was invited to uh, run this new company uh, that they were setting up. So that, that, that's why I'm here now. Uh, I've over the years become something of a, uh, an expert in reward, but only by listening to Peter and learning from you. <laughs> Ken, now, you're... Uh... You're also a very good podcast guest because you literally beat me to the question I was about to ask, right? Which, <laughs> which was either did yourself or Peter and the team, you know, examine the marketplace for the type of solution you were looking for, just to evaluate whether or not it existed. And uh, obviously, you you did that. And uh, yeah, you, you can yeah. imagine if you're if you're what I joke about, uh, I, I call Unilever. Uh, 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 an ice cream and soap powder company, and then I duck while they throw things. <laughs> but actually, to to stand up there in front of the board and say, "I think we should create an enterprise IT system," you you have to have your due diligence done sure. um, w without holding it. Uh, so yeah, we we paid external advisors to do the market research and analysis to see if there was something, and, and we got a really good relationship with Workday and asked if work they were going to expand into this area, and, and it, it wasn't on the development roadmap. Uh, so, um, yeah, we, we, we had to have a really good look, and, and it wasn't just us. We had to pay the experts to do the looking for us. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting too, Ken, that, um, you know, you describe yourself as a referee. What, when you went into detail really about your role, I mean, I'm thinking it's really more of an advocate, and that's really what I think, a lot of companies struggle with is do they need someone to be sort of that middle person to help on these large projects that, you know, you, you think might not take that long, but like you're saying, you've been doing this, you know, for since 2011 with them. So I think that that's really important the way that you described how it kind of evolved over time, but you really are that person that kind of helped make sure that all the needs were being met. And a lot of times if you're the head of rewards or the head, you know, the CHRO, you, you may not have, um, the bandwidth to do that on your own. So I do think it's important to have those relationships um, when you're starting into a project like this. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Trish, because, um, you know, from the Unilever point of view, having someone like Ken around was incredibly helpful because he had a much deeper knowledge of uh, how to put a system together. Having worked in financial consolidation, he was able to see the parallels between what we were doing in reward with what he'd been working on in previous years in that sector. No, so that was incredibly useful, and unfortunately, we were very fortunate to find Ken. And uh, as a consequence, and also we were very persistent. You know, we we set out down that pathway nearly ten years ago, and we stuck with it. Um, and as a consequence of that perseverance, uh, we've created something that's quite unique. And as Ken said, we're now very keen to get other people involved. And the reason for that is this: that as we as we saw the possibilities that emerge from having the data we realized that we could do some really exciting things if that database was a shared resource among other companies, benchmarking, for example. 
which at the moment is notoriously difficult to do and very low quality. And the and the thought process behind most benchmarking, you know, was set in place several decades ago and has never evolved and is really not very fit for purpose. But if you had all the data on what people were paid in you know, one system where it was available for analysis on an anonymous basis, you could derive such a fantastic richness of understanding from it, not just about what people pay, but also about organizations, the degree to which they allocate resource to one function or another, you know, HR, finance, R&D, you could get a really interesting profile from that data. So there's almost no limit to what you can achieve if you have more information and especially if you pool the resource um, and so we we set out to build a kind of practitioner based system that could be used by multiple companies rather than just unilever and that's the next leg of our journey now that we've created a, a new system with a new technology partner in dava um, and we've got a lot more capability built into the system than ever before peter can you Talk a little bit about uh, from the Unilever perspective, and then in the, right in theory for the the perspective of any organization that were a, were to adopt uh, this type of a total reward real time uh, platform across the organization. What are some of the use, the primary uses and benefits on the employee side, right? Uh, you know, like we talked about the, the tea picker, and then maybe some of the primary benefits and use cases you're finding from you know the organizational side or the planning side or the hiring side or what have you. Yeah, I think the biggest advantage for the individual is is sheer communication. You know, so we can present to them a, a really comprehensive view of what they are earning. But that also means that when we want to make changes happen, we can both model within the system as Unilever, and then we can present uh, a before and after picture to the individual. So if we're engaging in in change, and change is often complex when you get to reward and difficult to communicate. We've got the ability to talk to everybody as an individual about what they themselves get. And as you know, Steve, often these initiatives, when you change things, you get a generalized communication about what the company is trying to achieve. But you don't get very clear visibility on how that impacts you until you're quite a long way into the process. Well, with this system, of course, we can not only see that for ourselves as managers, but we can also you know, present that to the individual as well. And that's a huge advantage. Now, that's just one of the things that it can do. But that kind of modeling, that ability to communicate, terrific. Uh, I'd just point out one other thing at the moment sure. is, is also in terms of governance. You know, one of the difficulties with reward is that it's often quite local uh, and you don't have full transparency or availability of the data. So the governance is poor. Now, with this way of doing things, we don't. We can manage reward for anybody from anywhere with total transparency, so that everybody who is able to access the system can see everything in the system, and therefore you don't get any surprises. To the point where we will even label exceptions within the system. You don't want to get rid of exceptions. Exceptions are the kind of lubrication that makes the machine work. But you don't want too many exceptions, and you definitely want to understand why you're making them and where they're being made. And the system allows us to even track the level of exceptions that we're dealing out within this, the pay of people themselves. So, you know, things like that are phenomenally useful and valuable. Peter, thank you. Uh, Ken, I want to throw one more back to you. Uh, this is, again, a little bit more on the system platform side of it. As, as this system and the, the projects evolved and uh, you've decided, hey, let's build something that uh, other companies could potentially take advantage of, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about 
you know, how that might work, you know, in, in, in terms of like, you know, I'm out there, I'm running SAP, I'm running Workday, whatever, right? And I've got another system that's doing uh, stock uh, share grants. I've got another system doing benefits administration. Um, maybe, you know, who knows what else, right? Is, is, is this built to sort of be able to accept the disparate inputs from all of these different component systems to build the, what we know, what, what we would think of as the consolidated kind of reward um, uh, platform? Yeah, you know, it really, I've been lazy, haven't I? Uh, because I've come from financial consolidation, which kind of like 20, 30 years ago might have been in the same place. And everybody thought you couldn't consolidate from all the different ledgers and, and mm -hmm. accounting systems around a global firm. Uh, so it was done manually or it was done on spreadsheets and everybody thought you, you couldn't automate that. Uh, actually, you can. No, nobody would do that manually now. People use uh, companies use systems like Hyperion uh, to consolidate that that data yeah. in a digital electronic way. Um, so we 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 took that uh, that goal, that objective, and that way of working, and, and transplanted it into reward. Uh, so uh, and, and the conditions, the criteria that you described so well there. Uh, are the same for reward. We, we, we want to be in a position where our total reward platform has every entity, every reward, and every employee in it. Well, in an organization like Unilever, um, which is uh, has a very active uh, M&A program, uh, even if you've um, uh, uh, standardized on one core HRIS and you try to squeeze everything, payroll, benefits into that, that system, you are going to buy companies and you are going to take time to integrate them. In fact, these days, you don't always integrate them because you want to give them the freedom to carry on running their, their own reward framework and be as innovative as they were before you bought them. So you, you have to have a way uh, in order to translate the data from whatever source, whatever source, into something which is a common data set, which is... Uh, the thing that defines your consolidated total reward system for the whole organization. So we can bring that in from anywhere. And, and, and if you like, it, it's boring uh, <laughs> because the way we do that um, is a bit geeky. Any, anyone can do it. Unilever's reward managers do this. We don't have um, coders or programmers in to do it. Uh, but that's the thing that makes this so powerful. And then we got all the information in one place. It's all the information. It's a single source. It's always up to date. So everybody in the organization, uh, be it HR analytics, be it finance, be it the people working out international assignments, everybody who looks at reward data looks in that one place, mm -hmm. knowing all the data is there. Um, the, the way in which we do those integrations and translations and, uh, and migration of data from one place to the other is the trick. And yeah. we knew uh, that um, that that companies would, when you said, oh, yeah, no, it's really easy to do. You know, we can build that system for you really easily. You can become a uni user like Unilever is. We know that everybody is going to look at you and think, are they telling the truth? Uh, so the other big innovation uh, that we adopted here was that we were just going to change the way that companies buy IT. Um, traditionally, you, you do a tender, you get the vendors in for a demo, you do a pilot, you take reference calls, uh, you sign off on a business case, you start your project, and then you find out it's not what you thought you bought. Yeah? And, and things take longer and cost you more. So we stood that on its head. 
and we've said we're Unilever, we're a Unilever subsidiary, we can't afford to have one failed project. You know, that, that would be the end of my, my world if I had a failed <laughs> project. So, so actually, you are not allowed to buy this system unless you've proved to us that you understand it. So we make the system available completely uh, to the prospect, uh, prospective buyer. Uh, so you, you can see anything. You can come and sit with Unilever people and watch them using it with the, the right uh, data protection uh, safeguards in place. But really what we're saying is build the system yourself. Let, give us your most complex country or two countries. Let's build the whole reward infrastructure from those companies, uh, those countries into the system and you build it so you can see how long it took you. You know how long it would take you to maintain it. You can uh, do the cost-benefit analysis based on your data so that when you come up with your business case, you know that you're working with evidence uh, and that you have been talking to fellow practitioners. So whatever you propose through to the uh, procurement cycle, through capital purchase process, you can be 100% certain about. So that that is more effort on our part. Um, you could say it's more risk. It would be if the product wasn't as we describe it. Uh, so, uh, of course, we're going to tell the truth about it. Uh, but that that's the way uh, in which we are attacking the marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's as to me, that's as exciting. Having worked in enterprise IT for so long, it's as exciting to take that new approach to market as it is to take uh, uh, to to create a new class of product. And that's what a digital uh, total reward system is. Uh, it's a totally new type of product. But to sell it in a totally new way, you know, it makes it that makes it twice as exciting to do this job. And I, I love how you describe that. I think that um, what's interesting to me in all of that is just being able to work with evidence. When you said that to me, I think a buyer would really relate to that. And also when you said that you're you're really asking them to give you their most challenging and complex countries. Again, I think that really helps them build that business case because that might be where they struggle. Have you seen much success with that yet? Or is this still, you know, fairly new to where this is something you're just now really yeah, happy? We're pretty. I know I sound young, but I'm actually 63. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've done so many laps around this enterprise IT startup game. Um, uh, and what I'm going to say now is exceptional. We, we started in July last year, uh, and we're we're in you know, our target market is billion dollar turnover companies with 50,000 or more employees in in 50 or more countries. So that that's. That's our sweet spot. We work for smaller companies, but those bigger ones are, are where you get derive the biggest benefits from this. And normally in your first year, you're really pounding the streets, trying to get people to knock on, you know, trying to get people to invite you in to see what you've got. We've not had that problem. Obviously, we've got Unilever behind us. But as we sit here now, we've got 26 active prospects. And, and for me, so you go from being a suspect to a prospect if you're engaged in a dialogue where we've taken you beyond workshop stage. So, it, it, but but enterprise IT is a long sales cycle. You know, it's, it's a year, maybe even longer than that. Uh, so, actually, we've had a really good response, and that 
that approach of, well, let's sit down there and actually use your data and your structures and your people and your rules and your policies has really worked very well. Uh, so uh, I, I, I'm very confident in that. Uh, but but we're at the, we, we have our first client. I'm, I'm not going to say who it is because we don't have their permission to do that yet. But to have your first client when you're eight months, nine months into this kind of business is, um, is exceptional. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, you know, there's more on the way. That's great. I, I, I love the idea of, of turning around the process a little bit too, because we've been through it, Trish and I as well, right? Been through these processes many times and they're, they're often awful. And, um, and they often are underwhelming at the end too, right? If, if you don't, it doesn't turn out the way it was promised or the way it was expected. It sounds like you have a much better approach to making sure that the outcomes are, are going to be aligned with the, the project goals and, and the expectations uh, on the outset. Yeah, Peter hit the nail on the head when he said that this is designed by practitioners for yeah. practitioners. And if you, if if I asked practitioner, how would you like me to sell to you? If I asked you that question, you'd probably come up with the method that I've just already described. Yeah, I want to see everything before I buy it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So you know, why not? Why not give people what they want? Peter, one last one um, for you fr from me, which is more just on reward, uh, you know, uh, as a kind of a strategic tool and uh, a business tool. Is, is there anything I don't know that maybe we don't know about or anything you're seeing or working on, whether it's something that's happening at Unilever or just something you're seeing in, in, in general that's maybe changing or maybe impacted by maybe by pandemic, what's going on now or, or by generational shifts in the workplace? Are, are there Big, is there any big kind of things gonna, that are going to be happening in reward in your in your mind yeah, in the next year or two? Definitely, Steve. I mean, this is the thing that really excites me is that I think reward is currently teetering on the brink of really extraordinary change, and one of the reasons for that is is the lack of data in the past. You know, we really didn't have much data, so it was all done, you know, in the darkness um, and without any real feedback, and that's kind of ridiculous. And I think that when we look back from the future to what we did today, I think people will be kind of really surprised and slightly shocked at the way that reward was managed and and delivered to people. So I think we're on the brink of big change. And, and I, the example I would use really is that reward is intrinsically hierarchical. You know, so without, um, without reward, uh, the organization would find it difficult to be, uh, to, you know, without reward, it couldn't be hierarchical. So if you want your organization to be more agile and less hierarchical, you've really got to change the way you do reward because, you know, reward is the is the kind of iron fist in the soft glove of the organization. You have to remove that hand from the glove if you want the organization to be flexible and supple. You have to get the hand of reward out of that glove. And that's possible only if you have data. And it's only possible if you have the ability to analyze and manipulate and communicate very complex things with ease. And that's what we can do with this system. I love it. That's uh, And I think, Peter, you win, I think, for me, the prize for my favorite phrase we've heard on the HR Happy Hour show in quite a while, the iron fist in the soft glove of the organization. I love that. I wrote it down, too. <laughs> this could be the title for the show, maybe. There have been a couple that I've written down today. So, yeah, you, you both are very good at uh, giving little, I guess, little phrases. I think that I'll probably adopt myself. So good uh, job. With that. 
<laughs> yeah, this has been super fun and really, really interesting. And I'm glad we were able to uh, welcome uh, both Peter and Ken to the show. And I, I want to say thanks to uh, both of you gentlemen for taking the time today. And also, uh, we want to just tell people, uh, check out Uflex Reward, right? I mean, this is... Um, it's certainly innovative platform. It's um, it's doing something, as we said, like I, I'm not aware of anything similar out there that could do uh, the kinds of things that this platform can do. So we do encourage folks to check that out. And we can, uh, we could put a link to that information in the show notes as well. Well, Stephen Trish, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure to be here. So thanks a lot. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Awesome. Really enjoyed it. All right, Trish, good stuff. Love it. We're This is a good nitty gritty HR benefits, payroll reward kind of show. This, this, this is one of you. This is your favorite show, I think. That's right. I always love the shows where we talk about things that our business leaders can actually go out and try and connect and do these things. So no, always very valuable. Awesome. So all right, guys, thanks again. And also, Trish, we must thank uh, one more time our, our partners and sponsors for the show our friends at Paychex and at WorkHuman. And you can check them out, paychex.com and welcome.workhuman.com and take advantage of uh, what they're offering uh, the community uh, in, in the time of uh, coronavirus. And uh, But many, many thanks to them. They've been super supportive throughout the this whole process and we're really, really lucky to have them. So thank you very much. So, okay, that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, uh, thanks to Peter and to Ken for joining us and uh, Fortress McFarland. My name is Steve Bowes. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We will see you next time. And bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as. What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.